0: to another episode of Make Defense Great Again. My name is Chris Fasser, a.k.a. Coach Vass. Thank you so much for joining me. Today we have Jim Camarillo, Defensive Coordinator at Suaro High School in Scottsdale, Arizona. We take listener questions related to game planning, and you can submit those questions by going to my linktree, linktree.com, slash Coach Vass. Scroll down. You'll see the in-season Q&A webinar form that you can fill out if you have a question. We'll have Adam Gaylor this week. Recording on Thursday, hopefully posting on Saturday. This was supposed to come out Saturday morning, but I had some tech issues, and then I was doing playback all weekend. And by the time I could resolve them, it's uh it's six a.m. on Monday morning. So, yeah, hopefully get that out to you. Uh, but before we get to the show, little housekeeping notes. Housekeeping. I no, think you sleep. sleeping. Tuesday night football is back the YouTube show I did last year stream whatever you want to call it where we pick an NFL game from this week's slate and we break down the defensive performance if you are hearing this on Monday September 12th 2022 before about 10 11 p.m just go to my Twitter handle at coach Vass, and you can vote there Tuesday 8 p.m eastern we will go youtube.com slash coach football Again, that's youtube.com slash CoachVastFootball. Make sure you subscribe and turn the notifications on so you're notified when we go live. We can also take questions. And no question is too simple, too stupid, etc. I got a lot of that this weekend when I was doing the playback, which is where we do the live streams of the game. And I had some really great people come in and, and they said, well, I want to ask this question, but I don't want to seem like I don't know what I'm talking about or I don't want to bother you and I'm like literally it's literally why I'm here as I'm here to answer questions go over things teach you know I was asking a ton of questions we did the Florida Kentucky game on playback and we had Brandon Olson from Locked On Gators and I was asking him a ton of questions because I don't study personnel I don't study college personnel a lot so he was very insightful and we got the whiteboard out on the zoom There's usually an accompanying zoom link And we did that, uh, went after it. I will be posting my schedule for that on my Twitter as well. I'm going to take a little bit of a break this week from it. I did games on Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. And by the end of Sunday, I was telling stories about pirates on my grandfather's property and all sorts of crazy shit. And I kind of got away from the game, which is kind of like the thing that we need to talk about and stay on topic. But anyway, back to YouTube. Join me on Tuesdays. We will be going every week, barring some sort of, emergency or whatnot, and I will definitely notify via Twitter, but we'll be going every Tuesday night all the way through the Super Bowl. So really enjoy doing that. It keeps me in the NFL game, and I usually let, unless there's just an overwhelming choice and favorite, I usually kind of put it up to a vote, and we try to pick the best defensive performance. So uh, let your voice be heard, and maybe we'll come to your team, and, and if you're listening to this, And you're a writer or a content creator for a team and you want to join me, hit me up on Twitter and say, hey, if you ever, I don't know, do the the Patriots or whatever, you know, keep me in mind. I'd love to have sidekicks on there because I don't know a lot about those teams and and the ins and outs of the rosters and especially having a baseline of what they did the previous year. Minus a handful of teams, you know, I'm not watching the same team 18 weeks, so 17 weeks. So, yeah, so join me on YouTube on Tuesday nights for the rest of the NFL season. Also, my CoachTube courses are still alive and kicking, and they can help you in-season. I see a lot of coaches say, oh, you know, I'll get to those, those courses in the off-season. I don't have time to watch them now. Some of the best courses I purchased, and timely courses, were ones that I bought in-season to solve an offensive problem, or I was desperately needing something else in our defense, and I went and checked those out. And I have a course... For your practice planning, your game planning, how to break down an opponent. If you're hitting a bye week and you just kind of hit a rut and you're like, oh, I kind of want to change us up. I wanna, I wanna shake things up, I'm not liking what we're doing. Go to underdogfantasy.com, sign up using the code vast You have to use the code. If it's not letting you use the code, don't do it. Just reach out to me and we'll get somebody on it so you can put the code in. You get a three and a half hour course for as little as $10 and Underdog Fantasy will match your deposit up to $100. So you put $10 in. They give you $10. You get the course for free. I mean, that sounds like a pretty good deal to me. If you've already signed up for Underdog Fantasy or you're in a state where you can't play it or you're out of the country, etc., etc., or you just hate good deals, you're like, you know what? That deal sounds great, but I really, really want to spend more money and not get a great deal, which I, I get it. You can check the course out on my link tree. The link is right there. And even if you are going to take advantage of the deal, check the course out first. I mean, I I would check it out. It's on that link tree. Poke around and see what's there. We got call sheet templates, practice plans. Check it out. Also, the tight front and bundle that I worked on for the last two plus years, 27 hours on sale, $99.99. I promise it's the best deal that you will get on Coach 2 bar none. I stand behind that. Last note before we get to the show, the Patreon huddle library is rocking and rolling. The best teams on O&D are there, updated within 48 hours after the last slate of games on Saturday nights. Week 1, I think we had in Sunday night. Most of them are early Monday morning last week. A great in-season learning tool, mostly college, a little bit of NFL. Don't wait till the off-season to find out what teams are doing. Don't wait. Make... The adjustments now, that's the thing. That's what I'm trying to do. That's what we try to do here at Coach Fast Football, the Patreon, everything that we do. By the way, it's patreon.com slash Coach Fast. Would it be anything else? We're trying to help you in season. We have webinars for certain tiers on Sunday, late afternoon, evening time, 6 to 8 p.m. before I go into playback. The best thing about the webinars is they're recorded and they're available on demand soon after we finish. I know a lot of guys can't be there at that time. So you drop a question in our Discord channel. I answer it on the webinar. I publish it. And then you watch at your leisure. You need help. You need insight. You need somebody to bounce ideas off of. That's what I do. So check that out. There's different tiers for different things that you want. My favorite thing, though, is the Sunday night webinars when guys will send me a hit chart and we're all in the room throwing ideas together to try to help you beat your rival or your not rival, whoever, whoever you got in front of you. We could talk about any defense, any adjustments you need, but don't wait till January, February. Don't wait to go to clinics. If you want, take advantage of that. And if you have any questions before you sign up, hit me up. All right, let's get into the show. Let's get into it, man. My guest today is Jim Camarillo, defensive coordinator at Suaro High School in Scottsdale, Arizona. Coach, welcome to the show again.
1: Hi, how are you doing, Chris? Thanks for having me on.
0: I'm doing quite well. Thank you so much for coming on. So we were talking, uh, you know, we always kind of chat during the pre-interview and I asked you a question and you started answering it. And I was like, wait, stop. This is let's just start the podcast because this is a really great answer and like good back and forth. So. I'm actually going to start this. Usually I don't do it this way, but um, let's kind of, I'm going to ask you the same question that I asked you during the pre-interview and give me that answer. And if if you don't mind. So my question was, what position do you coach? And you said, I'm the defensive coordinator. And I said, yeah, of course I know that. But you know, what position do you coach? And you said, I don't coach one. And I was like, I, I gave you a hard time. I was like, you're big time or something like that. Uh, but clearly kidding. Um, and then you gave a response to me, which was pretty interesting. Uh, so if you wouldn't mind sharing that with the listeners. Sure.
1: Yeah. So yeah, when you asked me what position I coach and, you know, of course I coached, um, you know, various positions as a, a position coach kind of before I became a coordinator. And I, I think it was, um, a couple of years as a coordinator, I was coaching a position then I didn't. And I, Thought I might hate it. Uh, the first season kind of took a little bit of getting used to, but now I love it. And it, and I think the reason why is because uh, rather than being a position coach and you're in your drills and, in, and doing your things as a as a position coach, while other guys are doing their thing around the 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 the, the course of the day in practice, uh, uh, if I don't have a position on what what's what's been great is that I can move around and get to other position groups. Uh, and 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 really, find out you know how we're coaching things, make sure we're coaching the you know the the way we we feel is correct. Uh, evaluate players, evaluate part of our, you know, like if we're in a blitz period or if we're doing some different coverages, you know, is it really looking like we want it to look? you know and and that kind of thing, and work with the coaches to you know tweak it a little bit, tweak the drill or tweak the tweak the scheme or whatever that might be. And I get a really good feel for particularly in season for lo- what we want to run Friday and what has looked good during the week and what we kind of struggled with during the week and make sure that you know we we don't set ourselves up for, for for failure on Friday right just getting us in a bad look so that's uh, that's kind of the you know the short part of the answer is just you know I thought I was going to hate it but it's turned out to be a a blessing and 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 I'm I'm thankful that I have some really good position coaches that have been with me for a long time and I trust them and they trust me. And, and so when I'm moving about to, uh, to the other position groups and during the day at practice, they don't feel like I'm policing them or, you know, or or trying to bust them doing something wrong. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really collaborative and it's a good thing for me. And, uh, yeah, so it works out pretty good that way.
0: Yeah, that's that's awesome. And most people don't have the luxury of having guys that many coaches to cover as many positions as you have, and that you trust across the board. Let's be honest, guys. Like you're probably not listening to this in a group setting, so I'm gonna be, you know, be honest. If you laugh or chuckle or go, "Mm mm-hmm, nobody's gonna judge you. But we all know we've all had assistants that you don't really trust. You love them; they're great. But on their own, you kind of are a little worried. You can shake your head. You can nod your head a little bit. You know, it's okay. Right. But uh, I know we don't usually like to say that about our, our brothers, but it's, it's the truth. And, and so you want to keep an eye. Or some guys, it's not even that you don't trust them. They're new to the process. I mean, right? my first year at Sarah, or I'm sorry, my, my fourth year at Sarah, way off there, we had a linebacker coach that didn't know what an ACAP was. He literally, he hadn't done anything in football for 20 years, but he was our sports psychologist the year before. Basically, he needed to do, he loved Sarah, loved the program. He had a sports site class and he had to do an internship with a school. And so he called Patrick up and he said, Hey, we, I'd love to do this. And we're like, well, we'd love to have you. And he was, the kids loved him, but he knew nothing about football. And in that sense, he knew nothing about like the, the granular details of defense. He was a quarterback and he'd forgotten a lot of the stuff. When I told him it came back to him, but I, I, I actually recorded a video of our first day, um, We uh, where I was re-explaining a gaps and B gaps and C gaps to him. And then the end of the year, when we won the section title, we were out at the bar after, and I showed him the video and he'd come (laughs) so far in in six, seven months. It was, it was miraculous, but I had to kind of look over his shoulder. I would give him drills and I didn't have that luxury. And so, what I thought would be uh, of of having enough guys to be like, well, I'm not going to coach a position. So I always coached corners just because that's what I like to do. And was probably what I was best at. And so I would always try to make drills where the corners and the safeties were together. And then I would stagger, stagger practice periods So I could go hang out with other positions. And like our line had two guys. So I would never go over there unless it was a certain week. And I wanted a certain technique done that I knew that I was teaching them the first time. Or something like that so I would spend my time with other positions and try to stagger that so if you're at a school where you have some inexperienced guys just and you're struggling with getting your eyes on everything and you don't have the luxury of having that many assistants try to just just as a thought exercise try to think of some ways that you could group some other periods so you could go roam like coach does even if you don't have a position because I think I think all the things that you said even if it's not like oh I got to go coach this position like I had really great linebacker coaches, but I always did the linebacker reads the first day mm-hmm. because I wanted to know like that. I got everything out that they got everything that I wanted them to know. Mm-hmm. And I had amazing linebacker coaches. As I mentioned, I had a guy and he was, he was one of my favorite humans on the planet. He was my concert buddy. We saw Iggy pop together Radiohead. So I loved him, <laughs> but he didn't know, he, like he didn't know a lot of that stuff. So I would go over there and, right. and the players were really cool. They knew that he, like we had an open conversation the first day. We were basically like coaches. We, we love coach. Right. And the kids were so excited that he was there and he's like, he's learning like you're learning and like coaches would help him. And then he would help them. And it, it, it like, it yeah. kind of had like a pro feel to it where the players had more input at that position than other places. And it was really neat. But anyway, right. if you can find stuff like that, I encourage you to do it.
1: Right. And and if I could add a little bit is, is that, uh, you know, I have found myself through you know the last few years is that maybe I didn't coach it up right, you know maybe I didn't coach the coach or train the trainer if you will to make sure we were getting it done right. So then I go over to a drill, and I'm like, oh shoot, I, I I really should have trained the trainer that way. We should be looking at it from this perspective so we're coaching the drill and we're getting the results we want. You know, so you're you're kind of learning as you go on the fly just to to make sure that you're continually you know, making it better and, and you're not, you're not calling out the coach. You're just making sure that, you know, we maybe tweak it tomorrow. just a little bit different, you know, so the messages received a little bit better by the players of exactly what we want. So, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been helpful.
0: That's really great stuff. Thanks for sharing that with me and uh, the listeners. All right. So first question comes from Ben Neneke. He actually asked this question last week, we were pressed for time. Uh, so I saved it to this week. He's the OC, QB, and D line coach. I think the last time he submitted a question, I said, I love I love high school football because in the NFL, it's like, oh, you only coach running backs. Oh, you're only the inside receiver. I don't think anybody is in the NFL, but they're receiver coaches. Are you the only this position? My man here is the OC, the QB, and the D line coach. Nice. Fantastic. His Twitter handle is at Coach Dinecki. He coaches at Regie Jesuit. I think it's just Regis Jesuits, but I like being fancy. In Aurora, Colorado, his question is, coaching freshman DBs with a range from no experience to years of peewee youth, what would you say are the essentials to give them a good foundation as a defensive back? And we can extrapolate this or stretch this out to varsity as well, a guy that's never played the position before, or you're pulling up a, a JV kid, because I think it's all one and the same. Right. But what what do you think there is your the must-haves?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think you got to start out with, you know, uh, obviously the position, you know, what, what you're, if it's a safety or a corner and then also your scheme or what you're trying to get out of that player, what, what's the actual activity they're they're going to be doing? You know, is it a, is it a rangy backpedaling safety or is it a press corner technique that you're, you know, you're trying to get this young guy to do. So I think you kind of kind of start there because it's too general. If you're just trying to teach DB, you know, want to try to, drill it down to, you know, what is the actual activity? Uh, you know, what, what, what are they going to be doing? What are you, what are you trying to accomplish with this, with this athlete? And then, and then, and then it becomes specific to, you know, again, you know, to exactly what the activity is, you know, whether that's, uh, you, you know, a press corner, you, you're talking about, you know, his, his footwork his his hands, his hand placement, uh, you know, those sorts of things, get off receiver releases, you know, those sorts of things. So you can kind of start to uh, you know create some drills that he's learning the basics and the the absolutes that he needs to have uh, so you know he can be he could be successful and and you know I think from the opposite side of that, is whether it's a young guy or if it's a JV kid you're bringing up who maybe played safety and now you're moving him a corner, or vice versa or, or something like that, I think you have to be careful to give him too much. You know, too too much is like now. It's like the kid's trying to do the best he can, and you're giving him, uh, you know, all kinds of uh, advanced things, and it, maybe he's not there yet, and and then he he stumbles, he has trouble because he's trying to do too much, and, and it's kind of like the the golf swing. You know, if you're, if you're if your golf coach is standing there telling you to do five thousand you're, things, you're probably going to miss the whole ball. You know, so I think I think it's kind of that. Um, mentality too, as a, as a teacher or coach is, you know, give him the basics, give him the fundamentals, uh, tailor it to exactly what you're trying to achieve with that guy. And then, and then be careful not to, you know, give him 9,000 things to do in the the first week of practice, you know, just try try to, try to, try to step it and and give him a, give him a little progression, you know, so he can grow uh, into the position.
0: Yeah, I think you need to get your core fundamentals down that the varsity guy wants taught. And if you're the varsity guy, well, you're the OC. So you need to talk with the defensive coordinator, and because they're going to tell you what skills they want. Generically speaking, as a young right. DB, you know, you want to teach, because I, I would say you teach everybody how to play man because you mm-hmm. want to see the guys that can do it. Unless you don't play man, then don't play man. But the basic fundamentals of DB play is transitioning. It doesn't matter if you're in press or, or catch or shuffle bail or, you know, kick slide or turn and run out of stadium bail. It doesn't matter at some point you're going to to transition. And that's the hardest thing to, to go from I'm, I'm going backwards, no matter what tempo it is, I'm going backwards to all of a sudden I got to run down the field, so you want to get them changing direction, um, working on pad level. You want to get them playing some sort of man. So, work on the eye control of playing man, whether you play catch or press. Teaching a guy eye control, I think, is very important. And then you want to get them playing the ball. You know, if you're going to play right. any kind of zone coverage, you, they got to have a feel for playing the ball. And I think that's the most underutilized or most underused mm-hmm. technique in DB play across the board. Uh, and I've told this story before, but I remember watching a team. Uh, in pregame, and the DB coach was well-known and very good coach, but he had the fanciest pregame drills I've ever seen, but none of them involved the ball. And they dropped a lot of interceptions, and it was like, why can't they catch the ball? And it's like, you got to work on it. I mean, it's as simple right. as that, right? So I think yeah. that those are the things, uh, being able to backpedal, even if you're going to, for safeties, I mean, just getting the comfort. Think of the things that are the hardest thing to do. Right. Uh, tackling. I mean, you, those guys have to learn how to tackle at a young age. And they, I think that you need to really focus on, especially freshman football. I think universally, you still run the ball. I don't know. I could be wrong. Um, but, and then learning, learning how to get off blocks. I think those are the main points. Right. And then, you know, you can shape it from there.
1: Yeah. And, you're, and I think you're, you're, and your, question, your guy that, that answered the question, I think, you didn't you say he was quarterback coach? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I think, I think from that perspective, it's kind of the same thing, right. Is it whether it's a young quarterback or maybe he was a receiver and you're trying to get him to play quarterback, you know, in an off season or something like that. You, you kind of have to start with the mechanics, you know, you have the, the footwork uh, you know, the throwing motion the balance, you know, all those things that, you know, they're really fundamental to the, to the, to the uh, position And then, you know, obviously he starts learning the offense and handling the ball and handling the ball with running backs and, you know, all those things that, uh, you know, it takes a long time. Right. But, but, um, it kind of gets back to what I said before is, you know, if you, if you give the guy, you know, um, you know, dozens and dozens and dozens of coaching points, you know, in the same, you know, 30 minute indie period, I mean, you lost him already, you know, so you gotta, you gotta kind of keep it, keep it simple and, 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 Build on it, I think is the best way to put it.
0: I'm excited to introduce Coach Vast Defense, a comprehensive out of the box defensive system with everything you need to coordinate a top tier defense coming in early 2025. The system is a one stop shop and comes with a complete, robust defensive scheme with tools to get into any structure, including even, odd, mint tight, bear, stack, three high, and more. It comes with an NFL level playbook with run fits and route matches narrated install videos with a schedule for implementation, and a library of answers for every offense you will see, including the Spread 11 personnel offense du jour, the Air Raid, the Bryles offense, option schemes including the Flexbone, the Wing Tee, 3-back, and much more. It also comes with a drill and game film library, live in-season game planning sessions, templates to help you organize practice, opponent breakdown, and tools to make you a better play caller. Whether you're new to coordinating or a grizzled vet looking for new ideas, this system will have something for everyone. If you want to see all the details of the system, visit CoachFastDefense.com and make sure to sign up for the mailing list to get updates and invitations to webinars to have your say in the system's creation so all of your coaching needs are met. Again, go to CoachFastDefense.com, check out the details, and sign up for the mailing list. This past season, coaches across the country used CoachPad to be more efficient with their scout cards. For prep on the weekends, and on the practice field with their scout team. Whether you're using a computer program to create your scout cards or drawing them by hand, the Coach Pad is for you. Some of the features coaches enjoyed the most this past season was never printing paper or stuffing a binder, the scout team being able to see their cards clearly, even in the bright sun, and using the Coach Pad on game day to sync diagrams from the press box to the sideline. This season, get yours at thecoachpad.com and get your program ready for next season. Again, that is thecoachpad.com. Absolutely. So this next question, I'm definitely gonna screw up this name, is from Jordan to Grutenhoyce. I I'm just gonna go with that. He's the defensive coordinator of Boyden Hall Rock Valley High School in Rock Valley, Iowa. I believe he has a great question. His Twitter handle is at JTE Groot. His question is: Seeing twelve personnel double tights with two flanked out wide. So I'm guessing. I'm gonna say one on each side. So your ace formation, mm-hmm. whatever you call it. Mm-hmm. What are your go-to ways to defend the pass game, without exposing DBs too much to win one-on-one, but also not just abandoning, stopping the run, Coach? That's a really tricky question.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and it kind of kind of gets back to to uh, you know fundamentally what kind of. Um, team are you you know what kind of front do you normally play you know is a three down four down you know that kind of stuff. you got to kind of start with that how are you gonna you know uh, as a default or day one install however you want to call that is how are you going to line up to ace one we call it ace one so it's one back uh, two tight ends and the two receivers and we have a way that you know um, if we've never seen it uh, uh, in practice during the week, cause we didn't think we were going to get it. We know how to line up to it. Cause we lined up to it in the off season and spring and all that stuff. And we have general camp rules and how to, how to play it. And then I think, so once you kind of learn how to or decide the best way for your team to line up the front, uh, whether it's an over under front, you know, how are you going to do that? Then, uh, then you got to kind of determine um, what is your coverage, or you know, what 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 do you normally play? Are You a cover three team, cover four team, band team, you know, all that kind of stuff. Our team is basically match quarters or qu- quarters, uh, uh, kind of a, a scheme. So we're gonna we're gonna line up our safeties over the over the tight ends, and our corners are gonna play press man basically on the on the on the wideouts because that's 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 how they're trained in in our football program. So, so, and then, you know, we're going to make sure we're gap sound up front. And if we have to, you know, uh, walk our overhang up strong or weak, or however we're going to do that, play to the field, uh, you know, whatever we decide to do up front. um, I think it's really important to make sure that you, you have a, um, you have a, a, a generic or a default way to line up. So, you know, um, anyone in your defense, should be able to line up to it and you should be able to at least uh uh, move on to the next down if you didn't line up if you didn't play the you know the play perfectly uh you you know you you know you can get lined up to it at least at least defend uh defend the run and 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 be gap sound and all that kind of good stuff um so that's kind of it for us i mean i think you know realistically as a football program i would think to defend a piece or double tight end set uh, heavy sets, whatever you want to call them, I think you have to kind of default to what your kid's um, basic foundation is for what your defense uh, is all about. How you line up to 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 most things like that, or, or tight end sets. Uh, then I think you, you just just kind of try to stick with that as much as you can to make sure that that uh, you're not inventing new de- defense for for every formation, you know. And that that gets troubling because uh, you know you start doing something wildly different than you normally would because you're seeing a certain formation and not now, you know, you're asking kids to, 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 to really be dialed in and make sure that they're, that they're, that they're, you know, you can get 11 guys lined up to that formation and, and it becomes really difficult and it's really, it really shouldn't be difficult because it's pretty, pretty simple if you just, uh, draw it up to, to, to match and marry what you already do with the football program from the defensive side.
0: So I'm going to approach this question a little differently. I'm going to say that you know it's 12 personnel. Um, that you know that they run this formation. And so we built calls where we would say, all right, here's what we're going to play to buy two. Here's what we're going to play to buy one. And if I know that this is coming, the way that we built our defense, we were sentence structured. So we would try to play plays. So with your question, it's, how do you defend the pass game without exposing DBs too much to win the one-on-one? Okay, without abandoning the run. So we're under the premise that they're going to throw the ball, but they could still run it. So you can't run like two-man, because that would be a great answer. But also, you got to stop the run. So here's what I'm going to tell you. Almost every main adjustment that you're going to see this formation involves somebody playing one-on-one. You cannot, sure. I don't think you can play cover two to this and be good in the run game, uh, safe in the run game. That's just my opinion to both sides. So what I would say to get the best of both worlds is I would put, and I don't know if there's a way to do this. Maybe I'm playing Madden football where it's fantasy. You can do whatever you want. But I would say, if you know, this is coming. If you don't know what's coming and you just know it's 12 personnel, I would build out your regular rules. But if I knew that this, if let's say this was their number one formation, this is the thing we had to beat, I would say under. So one five nine to the field, three six to the boundary, Mm -hmm. three nine to the boundary, however you want to play it. And I would play quarter quarter half and I would put my best corner to the field where, because you're going to have to play one on one somewhere. So, have your best guy play to the hardest throw, and then you play halves in the boundary where you can basically get two over those guys. And so that corner doesn't have to be a rock star. That's what I, that's my default answer to that. Now, if they start hammering you in the boundary and you want to play like Bama's Trap, or, you know, Bud Foster used to do this a lot where he would play it out of over, you could play it out of over as well. Um, and he would play like Robber to the field. The old Virginia Tech, mm-hmm. Don uh, Don James, Jim Lambright stuff from Washington, TCU. And then he'd play halves with basically the corner being in the run fit. So if you have a corner that's just not good, normally I would stick him to the field. But in this situation, I'd play him to the boundary and then give him somebody over the top to help. That's mm-hmm. another way you could play it. But if you're playing run to pass... I would pirate the front or do something. We well, actually you don't even need to do that to the no. weak side because you have a three and a nine or a three and a six. And I would just have the corner be late to the edge and, you know, kick the ball that way and take away the pass. That would be my answer. But that's, if you know, it's coming. So.
1: Right. Yeah, and there's other things you could do, you know, you, you can slam, you know, you know, cause if you, if, if, like you said, if, the, if you know, you're getting that, it's a team that's, you know, you know, you're going to get that sort of formation um, you, you you can't stay in the same thing all night because if they if they you know know where you're going to be they're going to know how, you blo- how to block you right so you know you move around stem slant uh, you know run some blitzes just some things to try to run through gaps just try to do some things that so you're not uh, you're not so static and and you know they're just teeing off on you that that's that can be a problem as well so yeah mix it up a little bit
0: all right next question coach. This is another good one from Clayton Caseon, outside linebackers and defensive coordinator at Mandarin High School in Jacksonville, Florida. His Twitter handles at first. That's one ST gen coach. His question is: next few weeks, we have a multiple split zone bluff. Some people call this arc read teams from 11 personnel. Why off? Quarterbacks yeah. and running backs are equal threats running? What are some of your favorite answers to attack those schemes from both odd G front and single? or middle of the field, open structures. So how do you defend that play? So 11 personnel, they're bluffing. Like they're going to kick the end. Let's say, let's start with split zone. So Mm -hmm. let's say the back, if you guys can picture this, you're driving along, don't close your eyes, but let's say two by two, you got twins to the right. You got tight end X, or it should really be the Z, but whatever to the, to the left, the back is to the right away from the tight end. And the, the offense is running zone to the defensive left. And the, um, the Y is coming across to kick out to the right and he wraps around and seals a linebacker or the first threat that shows what's your favorite way to stop that play or how, how are your basic rules intact to stop that? However you want to answer.
1: So is, is it, is it Y off?
0: Yeah. Y off the Y is coming across gotcha. and he yeah. is going to act like it's zone. Right. Like he's going to kick the end out and then he's going to wrap.
1: Right. So we, so basically we're, we want to de- be able to determine as we're, we're, mainly a four down team. So we're going to be in a, either an overfront or a, a traditional overfront or under front. Um, and, and if we get why off now, our team looks at why off like 20 personnel. We don't look at why off like 11 personnel,
0: even if so he's wide, could, even if he can go vertical.
1: Yeah. So we played the same are a match quarters. team. we have the safety over there. So if we, if it's a split zone team kind of just, again, not, you know, just to answer the question, but if it's a split zone team, we're going to put our three technique opposite the Y off the H the fullback. If you will, the Y off tight end, <clears throat> just so we can be a little bit more stout for the, you know, for the slice, right. For the H coming across, uh, and, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll bang that if it's to the field, we'll spill it, uh, we'll spill it. Then we'll get it. So we'll get a down, down scrape. If it's a down, down kick. A linebacker will scrape to the outside. Then our overhang, if it's to the field, our overhang will be out to the field over the slot receiver, and he's going to be a run run first guy. So uh, he's going to be reading that down down kick or that down down pull, and then he's going to want to insert in that in that uh, in that alley as the linebacker to that side is scraping because he's getting a down down scrape read. Um, if it's arc to the other side. You know, say it's uh, like you described, and it's Y off, and they want to arc it. Then we're going to be either again, either over front or under front to the H or to the what we call the, the H is the Y off, and uh, and you know now we're we should be gapped out over there. Now the safety is going to run fit fit as needed on the Y off that's arcing to him, right? So um, just generally speaking, that's two plays. I mean, I know teams have a lot of different stuff they can do out of that, but um, we kind of look at, uh, we try to tell our kids, you know, the difference for us, difference between 20 personnel and 11 personnel. Um, And we've been pretty good at at being able to, you know, do that. uh, So our kids now understand why we're doing it. And uh, if it's just traditional 11 personnel with a tight end on the line of scrimmage, we're Typically, going to play an overfront to the tight end, All right? So we'll have a three three technique backside of the, uh, or you know, to the to the tight end, we'll play a, we'll play a uh, an overfront to the attached Y. So that's kind of that's kind of a couple different ways we'll do it. And then again, we're 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 big on slanting and stemming and moving and uh, uh you know like this week we're playing a team that is a lot about what we're talking about right here. And, uh, you know, we have a game plan for that, for that particular team, and we feel pretty good about it. And if we're in a down situation and we know, uh, down and distance situation, we know, you know, we feel like we know our opponent pretty well, what they're going to give us, we'll get in a, uh, we'll play zero. And we're just, you know, everyone's, everyone's, everyone's man. and Our safeties are, are be able to fit the line of scrimmage a little bit heavier we've played cover three to that, you know, we're not really a cover three team, but we've done that before. Um, you know, it's kind of interesting. We played last year in our state championship team, our state championship game. Um, we put in something that was basically like uh, cover one with our uh, overhang linebacker or, or in our four, two, five, the, the other safety was playing over top of the H, which is that, off that y off guy and he followed him wherever you went because that particular team when they ran split zone the ball was going behind wherever the h was so if the h was um to our right he could insert all right and then we'd have an extra uh, uh, an extra fitter we'd have an extra tackler there or if he split zone if he went across the formation they were they were running the ball behind him behind that that y off player so that was just another way for us to play man-free and, and really make sure that we had an extra tackler in the box for the um, for that particular team, you know, because that's that's what they were heavy on the uh, running the ball behind their their yoffs.
0: I think when defending this play, the easiest way to defend it is to have an overhang to both sides. Now I know. That's hard to do in the world of RPOs, but even if you're playing quarters and the back is to the overhang to that side, they're technically out of the fit, right? But by the time that Y comes across and the back, you know, if they give the ball, they give the ball. But if the quarterback's going to keep the ball, by the time that guy comes all the way across and loops around, even if you're quote unquote out of the fit, all that time was passed, you should be able to see who has the ball because you're not in the initial fit, meaning that you're not just going to pull the pin and go, but you're obviously going to sit there, play the RPO and then be ready to roll. So that is what you want to do. You want to try to get an overhang to both sides. And so you're good. Now, technically the overhang away would be in the fit and the guy to the back would be out of the fit. But like I said, it'll play. So it basically plays with the principle of having an overhang to both sides. If you don't feel comfortable with that, you can completely take the overhang to the side of the back out of the fit. Now, the problem with that is you're gonna have to lever spill lever fit that, meaning the inside backer closest to the overhang. So let's say the overfronts to the left. So your will backer, whatever you wanna call them in a 30, he's going to have to fit outside that guy coming back. And to be honest with you, when we taught this stuff, it was old school triple option. And the kids didn't know what that even meant, but we said we called that a load block, right? Anytime somebody goes and blocks the quarterback player. So or that's what we refer to it as. I know some people have different terms, but we said that. So how do you defend load blocks? Is You have a defender inside and outside the load. So if you have the nickel fitting into the into the run late, rather, he can be the outside of the load, and then your backer can fit tight and spill because the end's going to come down. He's going to try to take the guy coming to kick him out, but that guy's going to avoid. So that end's going to play the dive. The inside backer is going to fit inside the load, and then the overhang will fit outside the load. If you're going to play a one high concept. And by the way, that, that also applies to tight front. It's that 30-backer that's weak is going to play that. If you are saying the nickel is completely out of the fit or you're playing a lever-spill-lever lever concept where you're playing one or three high where that nickel is completely either you're so afraid of what's going on in the slot that you're taking him out and if it's too high or if it's middle of the field, close coverage, and that guy is outside of number two where he can't get involved, that near-side backer has to get outside the load, and that's when it gets tricky he's got to get outside the load. Then your 10 technique backer strong or your 30 technique backer strong has to get inside the load. And that's a little tough. But that's the way I would look at trying to defend that. It's the easiest way. It's the most sound way. And then if you want to build a pressure, you just take that into account. You know, you can slant. I I wouldn't necessarily do this, but you could blitz away from the tight end, he can be your outside the load fit. You could slant the line to keep the backers clean to the strong side. So the backers can play back over the top weak, And that can help you out. But that whatever you do, you need a guy in someone inside the load and outside the load. And that'll take care of everything for the most part. All right. This question is from Fabian Bonani. It says position you coach not available. And the place that he works is shout at the TV, and he's from Philly. So this is a fan. <laughs> Love it. Hey, listen, I'm I'm openly embracing non-coaches too. If they're great questions yeah, they can, for this podcast, because this podcast, the purpose of this is to help coaches game plan, right? Sure. So I kind of skipped through some questions like, what do you think Aaron Donald's going to do this year? Or, I mean, not that anybody's ever asked that. Yeah. He's going to be dominant. That's what he's going to do. Right. But I've had some people ask questions, but this question can actually help some coaches for game planning so or not even so much game planning but ideas so so here's the question do you have any rat pressures where the single high drops down to rat the back with the linebackers say third and six to ten where you might have concern for short crossers or rub routes and want to man or zone match instead of straight man to help combat that great question
1: yeah yeah that's that is a really good question And, and that is becoming um for us, that's becoming a pretty popular way to play um, teams. You know, we 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 introduced this um, version of you know the the man free uh, and started playing rat when we were um, faced with defending a uh, super freak running back, and we needed to make sure that we had eyes on that dude. Cause they ran screen, they ran draw, they ran, you know, lots of stuff. And we were saying, well, we don't need anybody 27 yards deep down the post in the middle of the field playing man free when, when they're handed, you know, they're getting the ball to the screen and the running back. So, so yeah, we, we have a uh, different ways to, to run rat. Uh, Chris, you and I have talked before in our rapper family. Uh, you know, we, we put everything in families and, you know, so we'll 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 call a family, and our players know exactly what the front is, the stunt, the coverage. If there's a blitz, you know that kind of stuff. So we put all these things in families, whether they're uh, you know wrappers or energy drinks or uh, a fire or birds or however you you do that, um, and we can always rat or tag rat to any of that stuff. Now some of the stuff we do is is rat. Um, and it's non-negotiable. I mean, that's that's what we're playing, and everybody knows that that it's associated with that particular call. But, but um, yeah, super good coverage. I mean, I think it's really good. Uh, you get an extra tackler in the, uh, on the back if it's just regular old outside zone or you know whatever. I think you're getting an extra you know a uh, uh, hitter. Um, if it's screen draw, uh, you know those sorts of things where you're getting an extra guy down and with eyes on that back and you can bring a fifth, fifth guy, you know, with the backers or something like that. And they can, they can share the running back with the guy that's not blitzing, you know, that kind of thing. Um, Yeah. So I think it's a, it's a really good question kind of gets back to, you know, what, what sort of defense um, you're in. Uh, What do you think you can do? You know, how much man can you play? uh, You know, if you're more of a zone team and those sorts of things, you just just got to try to draw it up where if you want to rat the back, um, because that's what the team does, or you got a super special kid, you want to make sure you you got eyes on him and tackle him. Uh, I think there's di- different ways to do it, but we love it. I mean, I think you know a lot of yeah. You know, I think you see it in the NFL now. I mean, there's there's lots of lots of lots of levels of football that's that's uh, that's playing that now. So down in distance. You know, makes sense. Now <clears throat> we can actually get our kids out of rat, and they know we won't call rat. I'd say if it's third and fifteen, uh, um, you know, maybe we're we're playing that team that we like to rat the back, but the but the actual running back, their running back is not super special. And it's third and fifteen. Well, we're just going to play man three. If we want to play man three, it's not rat anymore, right? Because we really don't care about a draw that gets you know eight eight nine yards. So. um, that's just another way for us to play the same defense and, and really not, uh, not have to live on rat the whole time. But uh, yeah, good question. I, I like that. That's a, uh, that's, that's one where you can have some fun on the whiteboard, get your staff together and uh, you know, um, put your kids in a position where they're going to be successful, uh, whether it's playing man or running back on, I mean, a, a linebacker on the running back or, uh, whether it's your third safety and the linebacker on the running back and they share that running back. Uh, I, I think it's uh, I think it's it can it can be some good football. It's good defense.
0: Coach Bonani, I'm not gonna lie, I think there may be something lost in translation here. I'm not quite sure. As I reread the question, it says, Do you have any rat pressures where the single high drops down to rat the back with the linebacker? So one rat pressures would be a SIM pressure. So when you say the single high, are you meaning the deep safety? Um, no, I would never take If that's what you're asking, if the middle of the field safety would come down. No, if you are going to think, if you think that route combinations coming, get into another coverage, run a SIM, a two uh, cover two SIM pressure, but don't bastardize the coverage and leave nobody in the middle of the field. I just wouldn't, I would never do that unless you're talking about inside the, t- the 15 yard line where instead of having a middle of the field defender, you basically get into what people call stick coverage and you create a funnel and you get an extra guy in the funnel. So yeah, so that's where um, I would be with that type of pressure just in case you meant dropping you're talking about a, a rat pressure where someone has the back and someone's the rat, and you just basically say, hey, we're going to combo the back. We never really did that, uh, but, I mean, if, if you're talking about that where you're basically instead of saying, okay, you have the back and you're the rat, I mean, we did that all the time with our rules, with our I mean, with our man-free coverage any of our man-free stuff. By rule, if the back is to your side and you're a linebacker, or if the back is behind the quarterback in the pistol, or if the quarterback's under center, those backers are going to share that back. So if the back's to my side, I got him, but if he goes away, then I'm going to be the rat. You can do stuff like that, but in terms of taking the middle of the field safety out of the middle of the field to combo on a back, no, I would never do that, personally. Unless, as I mentioned, we were in the red zone, in the very low red zone, like we're going in. Or they're going in rather. All right, I have a question here. This person has asked to remain anonymous, so I'm going to assume they're an offensive spy. <laughs> Their question is, "How are you handling the proliferation? Fancy word. We're just fancy today, just across the board. Mm. We got coaches that don't have positions. We got guys from a school <laughs> named Reggie. It, it's we're getting we're yeah. getting crazy here. Uh, Love it. So." his question is with all the two by two, 11 personnel, you you may call it 20, but that tight end is yeah. in a position to go vertical mm-hmm. where they're lining up FIB with the twins to the boundary. How are you uh, handling those motions? People that are lining twins in the boundary and then running motions. How are you aligning? Right. How are you, you know, do you, do you match with the twins in the boundary? Do you align to the field? And they may snap the right. ball I wanna include this. They may they may snap the ball with just the twins in the boundary in the wide of the field.
1: Right. Yeah, so yeah, there's another really good question. I think, you know, again, um, whatever your uh structure, your base defense structure and whatever your camp rules are for lining up to a tight end or, or FIB, if it's FIB, if you feel it's FIB tight end and, and two receivers into the boundary, I mean, those sorts of things. Uh, I think you gotta, you kind of gotta, you know, ride or die with that stuff, and then just try to make it look different from week to week, if best you can, so you're not in the same thing all the time. But for us, we feel pretty good about, you know, for us being a quarters team, we have field rules for our overhang. So for our hybrid safety. Um, if the if no matter where the tight end is, if the ball's on the hash, our guy is to the field. So the formation can be whatever it might be, but we're going to have the overhang, the hybrid guy to the field. So now if we can draw it up where the tight ends, the ball's on the hash, tight ends to the left of the offensive formation, the two receivers into the the boundary, um, are, are we're going to line up in. Typically, and again, this is just camp rules, but we're gonna line up in an overfront to the tight end, and then our our overhanger, our hybrid guy is gonna to be to the field. Okay, and then we're gonna play uh, cover two, cover four, whatever that is, to the boundary. Okay. Now if we get motion, we'll have a check now because now you have three targets where so they have the tight end, the motion guy becomes the slot, and then the uh, the Z receiver, the the one um to the field so we'll have a check that that gets us from a two by two check to a three by one check because that's really that's what it became right so to answer your question uh unless we're playing man we're not traveling we're not running around we're just going to make that um quarters check or quarter quarter half check or whatever that is for the week uh to defend that team we have some base camp rules that will tell our safeties how to play uh you know special or you know what people call that kind of stuff so we'll we'll have our camp rules for guys to play uh to play number three uh in three by one right so if it's two by two and and that both receivers are into the boundary and they're motioning to the field we'll have a we'll have a basic uh check um you know so we can get lined up uh the field rules uh, overtake anything else and um the only thing that we might think about that might be a little different is FIB into the boundary where the tight end and the two receivers into the boundary, believe it or not, we're still going to have our, our overhang hybrid to the field. And we have a way to play the short side of that hash side of the field with a, with a three, uh, three targets into the boundary. And we can change that based on, you know, some teams have a tight end. that's not a vertical threat. Some teams will get in that formation FIB. It's, It's, um, you know, it's, it's pretty predictable what they're going to do. Some teams get into FIB like that. And then like your guy said, it is motion, the guy across. So they're like, okay, they're laying up like that, but they're gonna motion. So that, so we just try to make sure that we have rules to make sure that we're not uh, tripped up by um, either formation of the boundary or motion from the boundary to the field.
0: So we were a field and boundary based 425 defense for a long time, for many years. And basically what ended up happening is that offenses were running their entire offense with it into the boundary, the formation of the boundary. When it first started, teams would do things like get in trips in the boundary. They would have a screen to the boundary. They'd have an ISO to the field, and they'd run the ball, mostly weak, if you over-rotated, to, to play the FIB. And they would just count, right? You didn't have enough people covered down. On the screen, they'd throw the screen. If you had a real light box or you had a really messed up edge to the field, they'd run to the field. If they thought you had rotated, so if you're a 3D team, and you're, you know, you're rotated down to the bunch, or not the bunch, but the trips, and that middle of the field safety is cheating over there too far, then you isolate to the field. That's basically what teams did. They had a package. Well, the issue became, and Iowa State was the first team I saw really do it. That's, I'm not saying they're the first team, but it's the first team that I really noticed is they started running their whole offense in the boundary. And what teams were doing is they were purposely running their offense in the boundary to get the defense to check. And I didn't like that. I didn't like that the offense could dictate what we were going to do. when we would have these FIB checks because you're kind of limited what you can do. If you play your nickel to the field, now, I know coach does that and they're very good at it and they, They've won a lot of games, a lot more rings than I have. But for us, I just, I didn't like it that somebody could dictate the terms to me. So we started playing our safeties to passing strength. And so we would flip over in the boundary unless the team was doing it to run jet sweep. And that would be kind of a feel thing. So we had the mechanism to just say, we're going to make a wide call because our defensive line and our safeties were split. From each other so we could line the front up if there was 11 personnel team we could line up the front of the tight end and the back seven or back five not counting the linebackers to the passing strength or away or whatever we wanted to do. And so that's how we started defending that stuff but then we saw teams that would run jet sweep and cause a lot of problems so I think you have to identify why the offense is doing it. Are they a team that just plays left and right? Are they a team that they want to go fast? And so they're, you know, wh- whether it's two minutes or open field where they're going to call all trip formations to the right when they go fast and run stretch or something like that, then, you know, you have to evaluate that. Are they going, you know, twins in the boundary, tight end back to the field, running jet sweep back to the field? Okay, well, you, you got to take that into account. So try to figure out what they're doing, why they're doing it, and then evaluate from there how, you, how best you want to play it. I think the easiest way to combat this stuff, if you're seeing a lot of it, the hard part is when you don't see a lot of it. It's when you see a little bit enough to mess up what you're doing. But if this is something that you're seeing out of like seven or eight out of 10 of your teams that you're facing, then what I would do to combat this and to make yourself truly flexible, if you're a true nickel team, is I would teach your nickel how to play on the roof and I would teach your weak safety, how to play down. And then I would just spin everything. So, they come out in twins at the boundary, pro to the field, and you line up with your nickel of the twins. Your weak safety is over the tight end. He's basically playing the edge of the defense and helping on inside routes from the solo receiver to the field. And then they jet motion. Now he can come down and play like he's to the tight end. Your free safety comes over, and then your, your nickel, your strong safety, whatever you call him, your star, he comes back. So you can slide him into the box or if the certain call is you want to like rotate it or slingshot or whatever you want to call it, he comes back so you can get a too high illusion or not a too high illusion, but a too high system. You can stay in that. That I think is the best way to do it because then you don't lose anything, but it's a lot more teaching. So you got to balance that out. All right, coach. Well, I got to let you go because you got to run to practice. Thank you so much for your time and jumping on here. Squeezing me in, I know you're busy, and I we had some scheduling conflicts and some things, but we got it done, and that's all that matters. But thanks again for coming back. Our listeners love you, and they really, really are going to look forward to hearing this.
1: I, I appreciate you, Chris. It's always uh, always good catching up and talking ball. You know, I'm always uh, always trying to make myself available. Uh, what you're doing is a great thing, and uh, you know, I think uh, anytime I can help, anytime I can come on and talk a little ball, uh, always available.
0: Appreciate that. Coach, throw Thank out your you. Twitter handle real quick in case anybody wants to take you up on that offer.
1: Uh, good question. I think it's Coach Cam 3
0: Beautiful. And if it's not, I'll edit it in post. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> it's like when somebody asks your cell phone number, you're like, uh, wait a minute, hold on, wait, what's my cell phone number? <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> I don't know.
0: All right, Coach, thanks so much. Good luck this season. Thanks to Coach Camarillo for coming on the show. Really appreciate his time. I know it's tough for these guys to come on during the season, even during bye weeks. So I'm always super appreciative of that. Follow me on Twitter at CoachVas. The show's account at MDGA Podcast. Make sure you check out Tuesday Night Football on YouTube. We're back. All these links that I'm about to say: Linktree.com/slash/CoachVas, or just go to my Twitter account. It's in the bio. You can also find the CoachTube courses I mentioned during the intro. If you need a reminder on the code for Underdog Fantasy, that's there as well. As well as a way to submit a question to Adam Gaylor and I for next week's show. Also, the link for my playback channel. If you haven't seen or heard it yet, imagine Manningcast meets Coach's room from the college football playoff days. We watch the game together in the room, and then I usually open up a second Zoom room. And I use that room to draw concepts that either I see on the film or like tonight, I did the Bucks and the Cowboys and and the game was paused for a while due to an injury. So I started drawing some of Todd Bowles' favorite pressures and talking about that. Always a good time. So won't you join me, please? So won't you join me, please? If you want to know when I'm broadcasting, just check out my Twitter handle. It's also on the link tree. All right. It's time for me to go. Just always remember the quarterback can't see with tears in his eyes.